morning, listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of Thursday in the Doghouse. I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. If you've never heard my program before, let me tell you that this is the best talk show in the South Jersey area devoted to educating you, the dog-owning community, about why dogs do the things they do. We're always discussing their behaviors and giving out training tips. We also talk a lot about their health issues and about their dietary and nutritional needs. I've had several authors talk to us, as well as veterinarians, a show judge, breeder of sight and scent hounds, and trainers who specialize in training dogs for agility and search and rescue. I don't mean to brag, but this is a really good show. If you like my program and you've missed any of them throughout the year, please go to my website, www.jerseydogtrainer.com, and click on the page marked Rainey's Radio Show. You'll see a list of podcasts. Just click on any of them that you'd like to listen to. Then all you have to do is sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Today my guest is Phil Guida, a professional dog trainer who owns Canine Dimensions. Phil specializes in doing in-home training in the South Jersey and Philadelphia areas. He also has other trainers who are located throughout the United States who are part of his team. Phil is also on the board of directors of the Camden County Animal Shelter in Blackwood, New Jersey. He's also very involved with German Shepherd Rescue. Today, Phil and I will be talking about his rescue group as well as discussing the German Shepherd dog. Let's take a short break so that I can tell you what services I offer as a professional dog trainer right here in the South Jersey area. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609-280-9338 We're on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Good morning, Phil. Thanks so much for visiting with us today in the doghouse. Good morning, Rini. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. I noticed that there are many German Shepherd rescues located in the tri-state area. Are you involved with all of them or one in particular? I'm mostly involved with Garden State German Shepherd Rescue. They're one of the oldest and best established and most active in the area. We help hundreds of dogs every year. Where, where exactly are they located? We, we're a volunteer organization, so we are located wherever our volunteers are located. Okay, and, and so are your volunteers people that offer foster care in the homes, or do they have other jobs that they do? We all share one thing in common. First and foremost, we love the breed, and we're dedicated to the German Shepherd dog, And we help German Shepherd dogs who are in need of homes. Some of our volunteers foster, 
and some of our volunteers help in other ways, for example, with fundraising, with temperament testing, and so on. So we all help out wherever we can in a number of different ways. Okay. Do you find that you always have enough volunteers or foster homes, or are you always looking for more? Well, like most nonprofit volunteer organizations, we're always in need of two things. First and foremost, we're in need of donations because we receive no public funding, just funding from public donations, but no government funding. If anybody's interested in our work and would like to check us out, they can go to gsgsr.org. stands for Garden State German Shepherd Rescue, so that's gsgsr.org. And take a look around and look at some of the dogs that we have available and read some of the really heartwarming stories out there of dogs that have been rescued. And if you feel so inclined, we'd love it if you'd click that Donate button and help us out. We're also in need of volunteers who can foster our people that we really are looking for. If you can open your heart and your home to a German Shepherd in need, you can really help us out by applying to be a part of our foster program. You said that, you know, people who work for this organization really love the breed, so I'm certain that you do also. Do you also uh, foster dogs in your own home? Yes, we do. And do you also foster other breeds, or are you specifically foster German Shepherds? I'm also active with one of the Doberman Pinscher rescues, Delaware Valley Doberman Pinscher Assistance, Mm -hmm. and we foster for them, and we also foster for Garden State German Shepherd Rescue. Mm -hmm. You get a tremendous feeling of satisfaction taking a dog into your home who's, as I said, homeless, perhaps was dropped off at a shelter, perhaps was surrendered by an owner who can no longer care for the dog, And to take that dog into your home and just give it a head start, get it ready for its forever home, is really a cool thing to do, and it's a great feeling of satisfaction being able to help out that way. What do you suppose is the main reason or the most common reasons that people might surrender a German Shepherd? Well, we're seeing a little bit more in today's economy of people who simply can't afford the dog, who have to relocate to a place where a large breed dog like a German Shepherd is not welcome. So we're seeing a little bit more of that recently. But in my experience, the primary reason that people rehome German Shepherds is that they don't know what they're getting into when they initially purchase or adopt a German Shepherd. A German Shepherd dog is a tremendous commitment in time and energy and the German Shepherd can be a wonderful family pet but it absolutely requires good training. When people get into owning a German Shepherd, especially first-time dog owners, they sometimes don't really know what they're signing up for. They're signing up for a commitment to provide training and proper socialization and if they fall short in those responsibilities, oftentimes they sort of throw their hands up in frustration and end up basically giving up on their dog and calling us to surrender the dog to us. What, in your opinion, is the most important aspect of working with German Shepherds when they're young? Do you think that socialization is a primary concern? Absolutely. The German Shepherd is a guard dog. If you take a German Shepherd puppy into your home, we see this sometimes with people who live in a rural area. They'll purchase an eight-week-old puppy, and the dog lives with the family without meeting any other people or any other dogs, and the owner will miss that primary socialization window, which takes place between, say, eight and 20 weeks of age. It's a window that closes. 
In other words, you only have one chance for early socialization. And once that window has closed, you've missed your opportunity. So if you adopt or purchase a German Shepherd at a young age, it's extremely important that they meet lots and lots of friendly people of all different sizes, shapes, ages, colors, so that the dog learns to be able to discern friend from foe. If the dog never meets anybody until it's, say, a year old, then the first person that walks through that door is going to do its job. So it's going to guard your home from Uncle Bob from Cleveland instead of just from a burglar crawling in through, through a bedroom window. So you want to do a good job at socializing that puppy at an early age because you're buying a guard dog when you buy a German Shepherd puppy. That's, that's their job. They're guard dogs. So, so they come with this instinct um, as part of the package. Yes, they have a strong territorial instinct, and we want to properly channel and focus that drive toward its natural protective instincts in a positive way and not have it just react to any stranger as an intruder. So we see a lot of cases where dogs can become aggressive because of the fact that they the owner failed to properly socialize them at a young age. At that point, it then becomes a job of rehabilitating the dog, and we do a lot of work with dogs that have aggression issues at Canine Dimensions as part of the training company. But it's much easier to do a good job on the front end and properly socialize the dog rather than trying to play catch-up and try to rehabilitate a dog that has fear or aggression issues. It's been my experience since I've been uh, working professionally with dogs that early learning experiences will set the dog up for all, you know, a lot of their future behavior. And so if, you, if you're not bringing a dog up properly early on and you do rehabilitate the dog, then I'm always, I believe that, you know, any of the problem behaviors that the dog may have shown previously can always pop up with given a particular trigger or a memory or something like that. And so I think what you're saying is critically important that they, they learn early socialization. What about the importance of finding a good breeder if you're looking for a German Shepherd puppy? What would you classify as good traits of a good breeder? The best breeders that I've met are breeders who are devoted to one specific breed, first and foremost. Breeders who breed puppies solely for profit, and we see this a lot with some of the farm breeders up in Lancaster County, who breed German Shepherds, Poodles, Labrador Retrievers, Labradoodles, Chihuahuas, Toy Fox Terriers, basically anything with four legs and a tail. Those people are breeding for money. They're just churning out large numbers of puppies, sometimes inbreeding, and I would recommend that people never buy German Shepherd or any dog from a pet shop because pet shops get their dogs from puppy mills. Buy from a reputable breeder, check out the breeder, and visit the breeder, and a good breeder of a German Shepherd will proudly show you all the work they've done with the breed. They'll, ha they'll have ribbons on the wall from AKC confirmation and show trials. They'll have a significant experience with one specific breed, and they'll have a good reputation. It's a small world. It's a close-knit community among aficionados of any one breed. And so if you do your homework and network among German Shepherd people, they'll direct you toward really good German Shepherd breeders who don't produce high numbers of litters. They're not in it for the money. It's not a, a 
profit center being a breeder. You do it because you love the breed. So avoid puppy mills, avoid pet shops, and deal with breeders who specialize in German Shepherds and who have a good reputation among German Shepherd owners. I want to just take a minute and let everybody know that we're listening to Thursday in the Doghouse on WNJC, and we're talking with Phil Guida. He owns a company called Canine Dimensions in the South Jersey and Philadelphia area. Phil is a professional dog trainer, and he works a lot with German Shepherds, and he's very involved with German Shepherd Rescue. So we're talking uh, still about breeders, Phil, and so you'd kind of define breeders as those people who really devote all of their energy into breeding one breed, which would be the German Shepherd dog. What about the importance of people who want to purchase a puppy from a breeder? Is it very important for people to meet the parents of the, the puppy that they're looking at, both the mother and the father? I wouldn't buy a puppy unless I could meet the mother and the father. That puppy is a product of a mother and a father, and the personality, temperament, and drive that you see in the parents is going to give you a really good indication of who your puppy is going to grow up to be. Yeah, I agree with you. However, there are breeders who don't own a father. They don't own the males, and the males are housed elsewhere, and they're given lots of pictures of of the male maybe winning certain awards at the shows and everything like that, but they still don't meet the father, and they don't know if the father is friendly. They don't know anything about the father. So would you purchase a puppy even, even if they told you that the father was a grand champion of something? Well, I personally would not because I'm not purchasing a dog to show a dog when I purchase a dog as a family pet. And I don't think that the average listener out there is purchasing a dog to show a dog. We like to think that breeders are very responsible, and most good breeders are extremely responsible by keeping an eye on temperament. In other words, breeding with temperament in mind. However, it's tempting for someone who might have a male that's a grand champion who looks really good who fits the breed standard really, really well. And that dog maybe might not be the friendliest dog in the world, and they tend to sort of, it's tempting for some breeders to overlook the poor temperament in favor of the physical attributes of that dog. So you can get a dog that looks really good and is not the friendliest dog around, and that's why I'm not saying that it's possible in all cases, to meet the father for exactly the reason that you described. But my personal preference is to meet the mother and the father. Okay. Let me just quickly tell you of a case that I'm working on. Working with a a beautiful, beautiful German Shepherd puppy um, who was bred in Pennsylvania by supposedly a reputable breeder. I asked the owners, what type of lines were these dogs bred from? Were they bred from show lines or were they bred from Schutzen lines? And so they asked me, what is Schutzen? (laughs) So I asked them to notify the breeder and ask the breeder, what was it that they were bragging about the father who was not on the premises because they said that the father was a grand champion. They didn't ask grand champion of what? So they just sent back a copy of the email that the breeder sent, and the grand champion is a great dog. He's a wonderful dog. The only thing, the only problem that we have with him is that he is very aggressive to other male dogs. Now what? Now they have the puppy on the ground. Now they have the puppy in the house. What would you tell the owners of this dog to watch out for as this puppy grows up? 
Well, a dog's behavior is governed in large measure by its natural drives. Dogs have a number of natural drives, among them pack drive, play drive, prey drive. And the dogs who are bred from more of the working lines, particularly those from the Eastern European area, are very, very high drive dogs. Just about every police canine dog that you see comes from those working lines of being a very high drive, oftentimes purchased from, again, Eastern European breeders, who don't breed for the same show lines that you see in an American German Shepherd. In other words, they're bred to be very, very high drive. As a result, a family who purchases one of those dogs is in for a surprise if they think the dog is going to be laying comfortably by the fireplace. That dog is always going to be moving, always going to be looking for something to do. And if they don't, if the owner doesn't channel that energy and that drive into productive activities, giving it plenty of exercise, play, and mental stimulation, they're going to have a problem on their hands. The average pet owner is not equipped to own a Schutzend German Shepherd. Right. I agree with you 100%. And I am a little concerned that this dog right now is very calm. He's a sleepy, sleepy little head, um, and they're so happy with him. <laughs> I'm waiting for um, the, the reality to strike here. So, uh, But thankfully, they, they ha- understand the importance of early training, and they, they just uh, got through dealing with two very aggressive dogs in their homes for 15 years they had to deal with this, and they don't want to relive that experience, and I hope that they don't have to. You mentioned mental stimulation. A lot of people don't know what that is or how to provide it. We always talk about exercise, exercise, exercise. Well, you can exercise a dog to death physically, and we don't want to do that, but we do want to provide um, ample exercise physically. What suggestions would you offer to provide a German Shepherd dog with mental stimulation? Listeners can go to canindimensions.com and read a number of interesting tips and suggestions on exercise, play, and mental stimulation. But my favorite way for the average dog owner to provide mental stimulation for a dog is to take it places. Take your dog to work. Take your dog any place that a dog is welcome. Just going on that trip, that great adventure for the dog, to get in the car and go someplace and meet people and get out into the world provides an enormous amount of socialization and mental stimulation. Okay. Um, just uh, from my point of view, too, uh, there are many uh, different types of toys that are coming out lately. I don't know if you're aware of them. There are puzzle toys for dogs. Do- uh, dogs have to figure out how to get food out of certain food release toys. Um, there's a woman by the name of Nina Otteson who has created very interesting types of puzzle toys, uh, one of which I've given to my own dog, and he, he went ballistic over it. He loved it. Um, so those are good things to look for. There's something called a Kong Wobbler. Um, where the dog has to push this thing all over the floor in order to figure out how to get the food out of it. So so these things kind of teach a dog how to think, how to figure things out, and how to problem solve. So I really like those types of of activities, too. Would you say that a German Shepherd dog is a good dog to have with a home that has very small children? Um, Before I talk about the very small children, I want to touch on the puzzle toys and say that I agree with you that they are a great way to provide interactive problem solving, to provide problem solving and fun for a young dog. 
Every now and then, however, we have owners who think they can use them in place of interactive play. Oh, no. And I would just send up a little warning flag to anybody who jumps in the car right now and goes out to the local store and loads up on all these different toys thinking that they've done their job. Interactive play is extremely important, and the puzzle toys never take the place of interactive play. But getting back to your question about, <laughs> about the children, the uh, German Shepherd dog is a wonderful family companion and can be terrific with children. But it has to meet lots of children, and it has to they do better with children when they grow up with children. So one of the things we test for when we before we take a dog into our program is we do a temperament test, and then we really try to get to know the dog, especially in a foster environment, to make sure that we're placing the right dog with children when we don't know the background of the dog. So German Shepherds are great with kids if they're raised with kids, but we have to do a lot of training of both the dog and the children to teach the children how to properly interact with the dog. Absolutely. Any dog can bite. That's right. And and puppies especially play bite. And the kids get it worse. So there's got to be constant human supervision, adult human supervision. A child is with any breed of dog. Um, I just want to remind everybody that you're listening to WNJC 1360 AM. Um, this program is called Thursday in the Doghouse. It's all about your companion pet dog. We're talking today with uh, Phil Guida from Canine Dimensions, a training company in the South Jersey and Philadelphia area. We're talking about German Shepherd dogs as well as uh, Garden State German Shepherd Rescue. Will Garden State German Shepherd Rescue accept any German Shepherd into its program if it has had a previous bite history? We do a good job of temperament testing, and we do a good job of taking history, and we also look at veterinary records. Ordinarily, a bite history is a disqualifier. Our mission is to place adoptable family pets into homes. Unfortunately, no reputable rescue can rescue every dog. So I guess the short answer to your question is no, if the dog has aggressively bitten someone, and we're not talking about puppy play biting, but if the dog has a bite history of injuring a human being, then we cannot work with that dog. Okay. All right. What is the process that Garden State German Shepherd Rescue would go through um, when you accept a dog into the program? It depends initially on where the dog is coming from. A lot of our dogs are taken from animal shelters. So in those instances, the procedure is a little bit different. Some of our dogs are surrendered by the owner. Basically, we try to get to know the dog, and we do a temperament evaluation. We have certain volunteers who have been trained to go through a standardized test in order to gauge the as best we can, to tell the temperament of the dog, whether it's a friendly, sociable, balanced, stable dog. And after what period of time do you do this test? Do you do the test when the dog first comes in to rescue, or do you wait a week or two? If the dog is being surrendered by the owner, we do the test at the owner's home along with the owner because we want to see how the dog interacts with the family. We want to get an idea of the lifestyle of the dog and the relationship that the dog has with its current family, which is probably going to be a fairly good indicator of who the dog is. 
If we're pulling the dog from the shelter with no history at all, then before we accept the dog into the program, we do the temperament test. And generally, we want to give the dog a few days to settle down before performing the evaluation. Okay. What are the qualifications that German Shepherd Rescue would set up before you adopt a dog to a particular home? We check veterinary references to see if previous pets owned by the family were properly cared for. We check references from friends and neighbors. We want to see if the neighbor, neighbors can tell us a lot about the family's history with dogs. We like the dog to have, depending on the dog's age, the younger the dog, the more likely we are to suggest that the person have a fenced yard, for example, be able to provide sufficient exercise. The fence is not always required, especially for a senior dog. It's somewhat less important, but we want to make sure that it's a good fit that the age and the drive level and the personality of that particular dog is a good fit for the owner. Okay, good. You and I had a little conversation earlier about the types of games that we would play with dogs and how to provide mental and physical stimulation. Um, What is your opinion about the game of playing tug? Trainers disagree on the game of tug, I've been training dogs for 20 years, and my opinion is that tug is one of the best games you can play with your dog if you play it right. There are rules of tug. A couple of the rules of tug that are important would be, for example, use one specific object for the game so that the dog doesn't pick up a shoe and decide it wants to play tug. So select one specific object, say a good quality tug rope, and make that your tug toy. You start the game, you end the game. The dog is not allowed to have access to that tug toy at other times of the day. You produce the toy, you make the dog sit to earn the start of the game, and then the game is fully played on your terms. Another rule of tug, the dog must be trained to release the toy on command. So your objective with tug is not to make it you against the dog. The game of tug is interactive and it's more cooperative than confrontational. It's not a competition, you versus the dog. And to make sure that's not happening, the dog has to be trained to release the toy with a specific release command. What happens if a dog is playing tug and he gets overly excited and he works his way up the rope and bingo, you've now just gotten bitten on your hand? Is it an accident and should it be treated as such? Any teeth on the hand, you yell, ouch, take away the toy, and the game is over. You can play again tomorrow, but the game is over at that moment. Then the dog learns to be careful and to watch where he puts his teeth and to only tug on the rope and not re-grip and work his way up the toy. There's actually a video demonstrating all of these things and giving the rules and showing the dog releasing and sort of teaching all these rules. There's a good video of Tug. I think the title of it is How to Play Tug. It's on caninedimensions.com. Listeners can go and watch that video. Oh, wonderful. Good. Phil, we only have about a minute left. Where can our listeners get more information about your company, Canine Dimensions? Go to caninedimensions.com. Spell it C-A-N-I-N-E 
dimensions with an S on the end. I know it's a lot to type, but uh, or you can just Google canine dimensions and the, it'll, it'll come up there. Okay. And where can they get more information about adopting a German Shepherd dog from Garden State German Shepherd? We have some great dogs available, and as I mentioned earlier, we're always in need of volunteers and donations. So they should go to gsgsr.org. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us in the doghouse today. Um, I hope that you can return here one day and we can talk about the various training methods that are available uh, to trainers out there. Um, I want to let our listeners know that uh, Phil and I actually work around the very same areas uh, more often than not. And we actually get along, <laughs> which is very unusual for trainers to do uh, as competitors. Uh, but uh, he's a very good trainer. I can attest to that. And uh, I hope he comes back again. Oh, there's my cue to tell everybody, thank you very much for listening to Thursday in the Doghouse today. I hope you'll join us next week, and I promise we'll have another interesting discussion, uh, and I hope you have a great week. That was another great edition of Thursday in a Doghouse with Rini Permeza right here on 1360 AM WNJC. Also streaming live online at WNJC1360AM.com. Coming up next is the Yvonne Candy Show right here on WNJC. This is Philadelphia Superstation, WNGC 1360 AM, streaming live online at WNGC 1360 AM.com.